Welcome to the Raise Your Energy podcast. My name is Linda Lange. I'm your host and energy expert. My friend asked me recently to talk more about imposter syndrome and the root cause of it. She was recently in a workshop with the topic on imposter syndrome and what she got out of the workshop is how to deal with it and what to do when it comes up but not really what the reason is that we even have it and where it originates from. So I took this episode to investigate a little bit further into this and I hope you get something really insightful out of it. So stay tuned. Let me start by saying that I'm not going to explain imposter syndrome in itself because I'm for sure not an expert in this. But when I looked into papers and resources and investigated further on this topic, I realized that imposter syndrome is just a description for other traits, habits and thought patterns that have always been around. It might just needed a new description for the time we're living in now, which I can understand. I'm not the biggest fan of the description of imposter syndrome. The words imposter and syndrome have already very strong associations in our society these days. But hey, I didn't create this word and I can't change anything about it. So I will just let it go for us to be able to look at the root causes behind it. We can use the other descriptions that I discovered, like self-doubt, lack of confidence or questioning ourselves. So we just leave the description of imposter syndrome a little bit behind and look at the other parts that I found that are behind the curtain. And these are three important areas that I discovered, which I want to call out in this episode. I believe that these three are so significant and capture a lot of what is going on in imposter syndrome that can help you find your root cause and why you have these kind of thoughts and feelings. There are for sure other things as well, especially because imposter syndrome is probably showing up in every person differently, but these three parts probably cover already a lot and can give you great insights into your root cause. So let's start with self-doubt. Self-doubt happens when we lack confidence in ourselves, in our capabilities to do something or to achieve something. We feel uncertain if we can follow through or reach a goal we set ourselves. And we question if we are really able to do something that we said we would do. A very typical example is to apply for a job that is either a promotion or a big career step up the ladder. Self-doubt can appear before the interview. It can appear during the interview. It can even appear when you already got the job and you suddenly start to question yourself if you're really the right person. Questions like that could sound like, am I really cut out for this job? 
or who am I to deserve these promotions? Or it could be statements as well, like they will find out very soon that I'm just a fraud and I'm not ready to do such a job. Or they better give the job to somebody else because I'm not capable to do it. Fear and worry play a big part in self-doubt. The fear of being found out. The worry, when will they found out? The fear of failure because we overestimated our capabilities. And the worry about what people will say when you do ultimately fail. I have had thoughts like this before when I went for a new job or got put on a new project. I feel like a certain amount of self-doubt is not dangerous or harmful. I remember having thoughts and feelings of self-doubt in these kind of situation, but they never held me back from doing it anyway. I'm not a trailblazer and went for super high goals in my career, so maybe I always played it safe, but... I'm glad that self-doubt never stopped me from going after what I wanted. I can imagine that it can be very heavy and hindering to go after your dreams and your goals if you feel a lot of self-doubt inside of you. So much energy is spent in self-doubt on these questions, these statements, the worst-case scenario building in your head and all these low vibrating energies that pull you down. If we look at them from the outside, if we put ourselves into the shoes of a person standing next to us, we can see that all of this self-doubt is happening just inside of our head. All of this is created in our minds and it's heightened by these emotions that take away your energy. If we can first of all accept that this is not somebody else doing this to us, but we are doing it to ourselves, we are able to take a step back from these questions and these statements we can put some distance between the self-doubt and ourselves and we can look at it more objectively and take a bit of a different perspective to it. That is really a great first step. Now, if you look closer at the self-doubt that is going on inside of you, you are hopefully able to reason with yourself and release these thoughts and feelings, kind of overcome the self-doubt and move on anyway. Still go and apply for that job or when you got accepted, then go and do the job, right? And while looking at the self-doubt, you might discover as well the reasons for it, the root cause. This might be when you first started to ever feel self-doubt. You might be able to leave the root cause or the first time, the situation, why self-doubt is in your life behind you once and for all. It is not absolutely necessary for you to overcome self-doubt, know where the root cause is, but it can help you. There are different reasons and root causes why you can have a lot of self-doubt in your life. One of them is 
past experiences or mistakes that will still make you feel stuck in these past experiences or mistakes. You might still have a lot of emotions coming up when you think about it, and it's still very much alive for you. We talked about it before in other episodes that you want to release the emotions that you attach to the situation in the past or when you made a mistake before, because that way you are able to learn from that experience instead of still feeling it completely and it hindering you and stopping you from moving on. Another course could be in your upbringing and maybe something you were told a lot by your parents or your teachers. You might still hold something that they said as a belief inside of you that is actually hindering you from moving on or creating a lot of self-doubt inside of you. Well, if you discover it, you can of course now let go of it. A habit that can create self-doubt is comparison. Comparing yourself with others. We all do it. It's a mechanism that our mind is doing to make sense of the world around us. But there are various degrees of how much you compare yourself to others. And if you focus too much on comparing yourself all the time to others, you might start to see more evidence that others are better or that they can do things better than you than is really true. You ignore all the good capabilities and talents that you have and you put all of your attention on the lack inside of you. So no surprise that you start to question yourself more and more. And another cause for self-doubt, the obvious one, is when we are faced with a new challenge, like a new job or a new experience, for example, moving to a new country. This is the usual place that self-doubt comes up inside of us. The uncertainty and the ambiguity of this new situation make us step out of our comfort zone and we might question ourselves if we are ready. Like I said before, this is completely normal. As long as it does not stop you from doing it anyway and moving forward and overcoming this self-doubt. Creating awareness in situations of self-doubt and putting some distance between yourself and these thoughts and these feelings will give you the chance to turn the ship around and let go of them. Let go of the self-doubt, let go of the feelings that make them come up and let go of the thoughts that you're having that create these feelings. And if you tried this before, or if you try it out now, and you're really struggling with things, still letting the self-doubt go, and it still keeps coming up and really hindering you, then ask for help. A trusted person in your life can give you maybe the objectivity that you cannot have and show you what is really true and what is just made up in your mind. The second trait that I see in imposter syndrome is a belief of being undeserving of achievement and success. Even if the achievement and the success already happened, 
a person can have thoughts and feelings that they don't deserve it. This is quite often followed by the fear of being found out. But let's stick now with the belief of being undeserving because this is the important part that I want to call out. Again, there are lots of reasons why you might be feeling undeserving in your life. You can be feeling undeserving for lots of things like love, friendship, a relationship, happiness. And the reasons, again, can originate from past experience or something in your childhood. But if we stay with the undeserving of achievement and success, which happens quite often in imposter syndrome, then we can say that the person probably has a highly critical self-image. Their image of themselves is distorted to how other people would see themselves in the same situation. If you're a person with a self-image that is very critical and you believe that you are undeserving of success, then you might think that everyone else, for example, is better than you. You judge yourself very strongly on any previous mistakes you made or you have impossibly high standards on yourself, just on yourself, not on other people. Maybe you did not reach your standard of perfectionism in that situation and that's why you believe you're not deserving for this success. You might even create an imbalance between achievements and failures in your life. You focus too much on the mistakes and the failures that you previously experienced and you're creating this imbalance between the achievements and you just keep looking at the failures in your life and kind of create a self-fulfilling prophecy that you will keep failing. So when you do achieve success, you start to self-sabotage yourself with the belief that you don't deserve it. First of all, you of course hurt yourself by having these kind of thoughts or these kind of feelings inside of you. But you might be even self-sabotaging yourself, not just on the inside, but on the outside. You might stop yourself from taking actions. You might procrastinate. You might take actions that even destroy all of the success you created, maybe until something is taken away from you or you lose it. So at the end, when that happens, you believe has come true again because you failed and you say, there you go, see, I'm a failure. This belief of undeserving can come from feelings of unworthiness. Similar to self-doubt, you want to look at what's behind of it. Look at it more objectively. Maybe ask yourself if you would ever say these kind of words or statements to your best friend. And if the answer is no, then you shouldn't say these kind of things or think these kind of things about yourself either. Be proud of your talents and strengths. Create again some real balance in your mind and in your life and see and celebrate your achievements and your successes. Be proud of yourself like you would be proud of your best friend. Try to be your best friend. The third part that plays a role in imposter syndrome is secondary gain. Let me explain what that actually means. 
and actually how it can hinder you from achieving your goals and your dreams. To put it simply, a primary gain is something we are conscious about, we are aware of it, and secondary gain is something that is unconscious. We are not really aware that it's there inside of us. Primary and secondary gain comes from the area of having an illness or sickness. The primary gain from going to the doctor is to be diagnosed or to receive a treatment. The primary gain from telling your friends about your illness is explaining why you have not been in contact with them or see if somebody experienced something similar before and can help you to understand what is going to happen to yourself. With the primary gain, you have an intentional, conscious agenda of your actions. The secondary gain, we are unaware that we are wanting and getting something more from an interaction. For example, we may go from doctor to doctor because it fills our time, it makes us feel special being so difficult to be diagnosed. In secondary gain, we don't realize that what we really want is to meet some unconscious, unmet need inside of us. Another example would be we may complain to our friends about the awful symptoms in the illness because they are listening, they give us attention and that makes us feel cared for. Now, let's look at an example of secondary gain in the area of imposter syndrome. Let's say Anna wants to apply for a leadership role in her organization for quite a while and she has been talking about it. She has been in her role in middle management for quite a few years and it is time for her to take the next step. She even talked about it to her supportive manager. But when it comes to actually applying for roles that are coming up in her organization and that are suitable, she always finds a reason for not applying. She looks at the job description and says, oh, I don't have this one capability, so I'm probably not getting the job anyway. So why even apply if I'm not going to get it anyway? So she's holding herself back out of fear of failure, which is a primary gain. It's quite obvious, probably to her and others around her. She does not want to be disappointed when someone else gets the job and she fails. And that is understandable, but of course, at the same time as well, hindering her from moving on. Now, what would be a secondary gain in that situation? It could be the fear of being seen, the fear of having a leadership role in her organization and everybody looking up to her. By not applying for these roles and getting one of these roles, she receives the gain of not being seen so much or being so much looked up to in a leadership role. This is a very common secondary gain in the area of business. People keep themselves small and don't become more successful because they're in the fear of the exact same thing that they actually want to achieve. If you don't know about this fear and the concept of secondary gain, it is very hard or nearly impossible to overcome it. 
So that's why I wanted you to become aware of the concept of secondary gain, because that can play a big role in why you are not really going for your dreams, not really going for that promotion or that big job because something else is holding you back and holding you in your comfort zone. You might actually be in fear of the one thing that you actually want to achieve. So we looked together behind the curtain of imposter syndrome and looked at three parts that I find very important for you to find out your root cause when it comes to imposter syndrome. I hope these explanations will help you if you are sometimes struggling with self-doubt or questioning yourself. And before I close this episode, I want to share with you a statement from Stephen Bartlett, which I've come across recently, that is perfect for this topic. You wouldn't plant a seed and then dig it up every few minutes to see if it has grown. So why do you keep questioning yourself, your hard work and your decisions? Have patience, stop overthinking and keep watering your seeds. Thank you so much for being with me here today, for listening and even more if you're taking some actions after this. And with that, I love you and leave you. Talk soon and bye-bye.